Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. All right, and welcome to Sunday Gravy. Today is Monday, November 28th. We are coming to you live from York Mountain, Alabama. And uh, actually not live. This just, is recorded. I just wanted to feel like a radio person. <laughs> it's live at the moment. Yes, but we are coming to you from... Yeah, let me throw it to one of you guys for a traffic <laughs> check on County Line Road. <laughs> <laughs> well, this morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two cows. Watch out for the two cows yep. ju- just around Bankston. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we're coming to you to review Sunday, November 27th, 2022. And uh, this is the week after Thanksgiving. It is the week that everybody takes down all of their fall colored stuff that mm-hmm. I'm guessing is orangish and reddish and things like that. <laughs> Being that you're colorblind and all. <laughs> and they throw up all their Thanksgiving stuff. Um, I mean, Thanksgiving, throw up all their Christmas stuff. Uh, so it's transition week. Yeah. So what about you guys? What did you, what did you guys have going on? How was your Thanksgiving? Have you been putting up Christmas decorations? What all has been going on? Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. 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 Had a great Thanksgiving. Um, you know, our, our Thanksgiving is kind of wild up front, then it just mellows out at the end. So, so it was uh, basically eating dinner or Thanksgiving dinner with my my side of the family, but mm-hmm. then when we got to her side of the family, like I told y'all last time, it's a it's a sleepover. So, <laughs> but the interesting thing about going to her parents' house is it's literally like stepping back into time, you yeah. know, and it is so far off the beaten path. And literally, my oldest daughter forgot her phone in the car, and she literally looked at me and said, "I haven't looked at my phone in hours, and I like it." Hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like she, she didn't even want to go get it yeah. and see what all was awaiting her, you right. know? So, so it was one of those just kind of chill, you know, slayed back. And then, then the weekend it was just go cat go after that when we got back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? <clears throat> it was good. Um, th- Thanksgiving was kind of, I guess, exactly like what I said it would be last week. Left early Thursday morning. Got to Sylacauga, hung out with my family, ate lunch, then turned around, come up back to Hayden. Um, started putting up Christmas lights on the house. I think I finally got around to it on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. And I did not go with the traditional Christmas light. I went with... Um, oh, yeah, that's right. You told me about this. Yeah, so I went with... and Well, and I'm a very... Pract- <laughs> you know this. I'm a very practical person, and I'm also a kill two birds, one stone kind of kind of guy. So um, on our back deck, we've, we've been wanting more of those outdoor... A.K.A. cheap. Yeah. Yes. So we've been wanting one, more of those outdoor lights, like yeah. patio lights or whatever, with the yeah. big bulbs. They ha- kind of have that... Uh, String lights, yeah. Yeah, they have that Edison bulb look to them. Right. And so that's what I got for our Christmas lights this oh year. Oh, my God. And so uh, I defied death a couple of times on the ladder on Wednesday trying to hang those up on our house. So they're there. They're up. Did, did you do Are that they? so you can just leave them up? 
No, because no, they're going to take them down and put them on the, on the, on the back. back deck after Christmas is over. Oh, okay. But then you'll have to turn around and buy actual Christmas lights next year. Yeah, but that's next year. <laughs> this is now. <laughs> that's so. so funny. Have you actually turned them on? Yes. <laughs> what does it look like? I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> It looks more like a barbecue than they're, it does Christmas. They're not nearly that, as bright people, as I thought they would be. Is that people, a restaurant? Yeah, people driving by. <laughs> Babe, is that a new wedding venue? What's going on? Yeah, they're, they're not nearly as bright as I thought they would be. Is that a coffee so, shop? It might be. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Wait, are they, are they warm white? They're very warm. Very, very oh, warm. wow. And they're wow. not even. <laughs> He's got that coffee shop vibe yeah. rocking. I so, want to drive by and see it at night. I want to take. Oh, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm taking my kids. Happen. I'm all. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm all, since all my kids are in Matt's youth group. I'm, yes. I'm gonna, <laughs> hey, y'all, we're going to go look at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, tree let's lights. go look at Christmas lights, guys. And I'm going to roll up, and we're just going. We're just going to park on the side of the road in front of Matt's house. <laughs> guys, it doesn't get any better than this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are you going to hang them on your Christmas tree? No, no, no. We've because got that. we've got real <laughs> yeah. Christmas. What lights. if he put those? He's like we. He needs four strands for his patio. Yes, and only three strands would cover his house, so he puts one on his Christmas tree. I'm telling you, <laughs> I am picturing it all day long. All Sorry. day long. Sorry, that's so good. I love it. I've been man. That's all I've been doing for the last yeah Christmas two weeks. Like we had most of our Christmas. We had most of. We had a lot of it up before Thanksgiving. Yeah. But I was still putting stuff up yesterday. Yeah. It goes in stages, man. It's just... It's we, insane. How many trees do y'all have in your house? Uno. Okay. <laughs> so there are there are two Christmas trees. Yeah. Okay. But then there are a bunch of like miniature trees that right, right. are around the house. But two Christmas trees with ornaments. Ornaments, yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to do the math real, real quick. Let's see. I have seven Christmas trees with ornaments. Oh my gosh. Seven. Seven. Do you, you got one in the bathroom? I mean, what? Do you we have, have that many the, rooms? We have no. It's like every room. They're just about. No, every one of my kids has their own Christmas tree. What? With and the trees have grown with the kids. Mm. Yeah. And then we have one in our uh, living room. We have one on our deck. Oh <laughs> uh, well, well, your deck that but, that look that well, makes anyways, sense. Anyway, it, it just it's gotten out of hand. Yeah. Oh man, every kid has their own tree in their room. Mm-hmm. Is where they have their own special ornaments so that it, go with it. It started as like get them all a little tree, mm-hmm. like a little bitty tree, like Charlie Brown Christmas kind of thing, whatever. Just that, that was the color that they liked. And my younger girls have shared a room up until very recently, like because my son just they just decided one day. Did y'all kick him out? No, collectively, when I was not there to tell everybody it was a dumb idea, he decided uh-huh. to move into the basement. And so, is he regretting that idea? No, I think he likes it. Oh, okay. because we have the little den area down there with couches, two couches, two sofas, and uh, and actually a little projection screen. Uh-huh. It's actually a big projection screen for that room. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So that's all like his domain now. He's yeah. taken over that whole space. So he's got his bedroom in one part of the basement and that right off of it. So mm. he's got a Christmas tree up down there. 
but yeah, it all and all three of my girls have a Christmas tree in their room, and each each kid's tree has grown with them. Like mm-hmm. so, it's like every couple of years they're like, "I need a new tree." Why? Because I'm bigger. <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with yeah. anything? No, is it like tradition that y'all on Christmas morning y'all have got presents under those trees or no? Well, so they ask for that once, and so we put like a few presents, maybe like maybe one from each other or something like that mm-hmm. under those trees, but everything else oh, okay. under the, the main tree. I got you. But you know, I did win a battle, uh, last year with y'all, y'all, y'all have heard me talk about this before, how I, and y'all seen it in person. We had a golden, our tree was glitter flocked. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This story. It was awful. It was flocked in gold glitter. And I, there's not many things on this earth that I hate more. It's like glitter, Satan, glitter, like right there. Like there. I, I just I despise. What, I just got a picture of Satan covered in glitter. Oh, I know. And that's like every time when I watch a Florida State football game and I see those guys in garnet and gold, like I'm like, all right, I was yeah. rooting for y'all until now. Now I hope you lose every game from exactly. here to eternity. I want to see you cry. <laughs> I want to see you cry. But I last year uh, when it came down to take when it came time to take down that tree, or you, no, this was year before last when it came down to take Kate. Tank, I can't talk. Came time to take down that tree. I just, I took it down. And each part as I took it down, I put it in a separate garbage bag. <laughs> and like, that, which I'd been doing that for years. But then like I purposefully left it outside. And then eventually it just, you know, it was it was too far gone. I'm not sure if that classifies you winning a battle. No, it, it just it, sounds like you, I actually, well, you committed murder and got rid of the body. That's yeah, what it says. Well, I won and then I lost because I had to go buy another tree. So, mm. but the new one, I'm I'm all for it because it's I got you. It's it's got you know I got a really good deal on it because I bought it after Christmas and it's got built-in LED lights and the um, one of the I know you guys are. You're like a real tree guy, right? Yeah. So, and I have nothing against that. I like real trees, but man, the convenience of lights mm. in not yes. just built in, but in the in the stem in the stem, yeah, where all the connections are yes. in the stem, mm-hmm. yes. so you're not even having to work in there and plug lights no. together. You just put the pieces together and it's voila. like each stem is its own yep outlet. Yep, it's got just a plug it in connector in it. That's the way to go, man. Yeah, yeah. I uh, actually hit it off with our old neighbor um when we first moved to mount olive he's a big fishing guy mm-hmm. and what? it was it was funny because <laughs> why are you laughing already because of <laughs> what i'm about to say i would follow him on everything like springtime rolls around i ain't cutting my grass till he cuts his grass and then oh yeah so last year or two years ago when we were first year we had had a real christmas tree and uh I was like, man, I wonder, like, what do we do with this? I guess I'll throw it in the backyard on the burn pile, whatever. And then one day I'm leaving for work and his is laying out in his front yard. And I'm like, all right. And I threw ours out in our front yard. (laughs) And then sure enough. (laughs) Yeah, they come by and get it. Well, no, he takes them. Because he's a he's an avid fishing guy. Oh, he sinks them for structural crappie and stuff like that. So from that moment all the way up through last year till this year, every year I'm like, hey man, like I've got a Christmas tree with your name on it. After Christmas, just let me know and I'll bring it to you. 
Oh, you're so. going to still take it to him? Yeah. Oh, I got you. So, <laughs> yeah, we used to do that in the house that I grew up in. We lived on a pond and we would sink them yeah. for structure. Yeah. I know a lot of guys that do that. Mm. All right. Well, I've got something really interesting for you guys today. Say what? <laughs> I got to wait till it hits. Drop All right. The- This is unreal, and I'm going to show you guys the picture, which will blow your mind. Two people are rescued from a plane. Okay, first off, this is from today. (laughs) Today, Mm. November 28th, 2022, and this was published at 1.47 a.m. Okay. That's hot. Yeah, this is hot. Hot. Hot off the press. I can't even touch it. It's so hot. When you said two, I was like two years, two weeks. Two day. Two day. Two people are rescued from a plane that crashed into a Maryland transmission tower. I saw this. Okay. First, let me show you the picture. Yeah. Let Let me rotate this around so you guys can see the picture. Oh, wow. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it, so it, it 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 looks like he was trying to pull up and. All right. So what for those listening, this looks like, this looks like a toy. Like you would throw a paper airplane and it gets stuck in something. Well, it looks like. And this is like it's a, a sing- toy plane, and it's been hung on like a Christmas ornament. Yes. Yeah. And the transmission tower is the tree. Like it just looks like it looks like the plane. Like he tried to pull it straight up, and then his wheels got just hung in it. But just imagine a giant electrical transmission tower, like truss top tower, and a plane is hanging on the side of this tower. That's not good. Well, I wish there was video of that happening. Yes. Yeah. Because how are these two people alive? I don't even know. Here, I'll, I'll read you some of the article. Two people were left stranded in a plane after it crashed into a transmission tower in Maryland on Sunday evening, have now been rescued according to Montgomery County Fire and Rescue, not obviously not Montgomery, Alabama. In Maryland, the crash, which took place around 5.30 p.m. on Sunday, sent the plane into a tower uh, near, and they just name a bunch of roads. Anyway, the passengers were stranded for hours while suspended over 100 feet in the air. Mm. Man, those two people got to be traumatized. Yeah. Like, first off, how do you survive? How, how do you survive landing a plane horizontally? <laughs> like, this thing is stuck horizontally. Like, it could just vertical, fall off. Vertical. Vertical. Mm-hmm. But, wait, I said horizontal. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know the difference between vertical and horizontal. Most people don't. (laughs) But I guess what I mean, why did I say horizontal? I meant anyway, but yeah, the plane is, they landed the plane vertically on the side of a tower. Yes. And then hang there for hours waiting on somebody to come and get them, like thinking we're going to fall any minute. First off, how did, I wish I could see video of it. How did they land that plane or how did that happen to where it just hung in there? Yeah. Because that thing's moving. It's almost like it went up, and then maybe it stalled and started falling, and then it just got hung. That, man, that's bizarre. That's. But here's a question. What do you talk about <laughs> as you're just hanging there for over an hour? you got to talk. You better be talking to what, Jesus. What, like, what if, <laughs> for real? what if we were stuck? 
in that plane, what what would be our conversation? Man, I don't know. I don't know that I'd want to talk. I wouldn't either. <laughs> you would just literally sit there and stare Every time straight you said up, something out loud. I'd be praying. Well, you'd be looking in the right direction. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, don't y'all breathe. Don't move. <laughs> That's why I know. I know what we would be talking about. We would be trying to figure out I'd how tr- we're going to get out of it. Like we well, would, I know that, yeah. we would be coming up with like, okay, if you do this and I do this and we take these steps, because. But also too, th- don't you got to be worried about like touching things? Well, as think long as you that. stay grounded, I think you're fine. But, but the but, body of that plane is against that tower, yeah, and those wires and everything. But yeah. surely something like shorted out quick. But yeah. like, man, you think about the think about the length or the logistics behind that rescue. I was just about to say shout out to the first responders for reals because they they had to. I mean, think about all the logistics behind yeah. that. First off, is that thing secure enough for us to even attempt to remove somebody from it? Mm-hmm. What's the electrical deal? Mm. Which obviously they can contact. You know, the um, what's words are hard for me today. Yeah. The power company, utilities, local yeah. utilities, yeah. have them shut it, shut things down right. quickly, right? And then, but still, even having said that, it's like, I mean, honestly, the power, the local utility companies are going to be the ones most equipped to rescue them right. in that situation, right. right? Well, I'm not a big power guy in terms of like I understand how electricity can kill you <laughs> since I have been shocked on many occasions in my life uh and, and electric you <laughs> say you are a big power guy or aren't I'm not <laughs> hence you've been shocked hence I have been electrocuted <laughs> more you. than once I have touched wires <laughs> I should not have touched I've crossed things that should not have been crossed but what I'm saying is is I know I did talk to one guy that is big on on power you know, like he worked for Alabama Power. And yeah. so um, anyway, he was telling me a story of a guy like, you know, they work on those big transmission towers like that from helicopter. So a helicopter will come up and the guy will lock in. And literally what he said was pa- lower a basket or something or how does that No, work? no. He sits on a skid out there. Like the skid has like a little platform and he sits on it. Now he's locked in to the helicopter but part of locking in is becoming grounded grounded and if and uh he 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 told me horror stories of guys that lost that ground yeah and they were touching the wire and they were gone just like that wow you know what that reminds me of is <clears throat> matt you won't remember this joey might but <laughs> the movie hunt for red october oh yeah do you remember that sean connery yeah and alec baldwin and their what was it alec or billy I can't remember. I think it was Alec. I think it was Alec. Anyway, but they try to, um, they have to bring somebody on board or off board a submarine. Mm-hmm. And because th- that there's twofold. There's the electrical that you're dealing with from the transmission lines. Right. Not not in the movie, but in this situation. In this, yeah. yeah, there's electrical that you're dealing with there, which should be cut off already before you even approach it, I guess, in that situation. But then also, man, we, we how many Alabama power guys do we need? Do we have in this church? And where, oh the, where are they at when we need the them? The guy I'm thinking about right now should be sitting in that chair. Yeah, absolutely. We've got three or four of them that should be sitting in yes. here, telling us wh- wh- where we're how, stupid. How much of an idiot we are! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should not even be having this conversation. <laughs> anyway, but they have um, uh, the helicopter is generating electricity yes. from the static of the props, the propellers. Yeah, yeah. spinning mm-hmm. around. And so, but anyway, in the movie, they have to like 
throw up a line from the submarine that they hook to a line on the helicopter or else the guy that's being lowered down in the basket, if you just reach up and grab him, it'll ground through you to the hull of the ship. But the line that they throw up grounds the helicopter through the hull of the ship and then the electricity is dissipated into the water. Mm. That's insane. There's just like too much science there. It's too much. (laughs) I mean, I skip steps when I'm taking a bath. You know what I'm saying? That's just like, (laughs) lets you know, like, in in real life, like, how quick would you die from doing something stupid? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason I don't work for Alabama Power. I'm so terrified I'm going to end up on, what do they call that? The, (laughs) what do they call that? The Darwin's List. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Is that what it's called? They're making a play off of like evolution, how people like die from doing stupid things. Okay. (laughs) I think it's, isn't that what it's called? I think so. Every year they publish one. I don't know who they are, but they they publish one (laughs) called the Darwin Awards or something like that. And it's people who died doing stupid things. Yeah. Yeah. And they name them. See, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. I'm so terrified of ending up on that list. I know. That's why I was just like, I don't do anything. Hey, I tell you, I still find myself to this day quoting, uh, remember when Foxworthy did the whole, here's your sign bit? Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll do that with my kids. I'll be like, hey, bro, here's your sign. Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? And you don't want to be in the ground and then be the butt of a Jeff Foxworthy joke. No, you do not. <laughs> no, you don't. Here's your sign. Well, take that back. You don't need one. You've got one over the top of your head now. That's it's called like- a tombstone. <laughs> That's messed up. Anyway, that's good. So, <laughs> speaking of people who get into things that they shouldn't be into, let's talk about counterfeiters. <laughs> <laughs> How about that for a segue? Okay. That was the, that was the message yesterday. Yes, it was. Uh, this was the second second part. Is that right? Well, technically, the third part. Yes, third part. Yes, of the, it we was had the, an introduction, then part one, part two. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, is this second part or third part? It'll be. <laughs> Be, it's part two of a three-part series. <laughs> How about that? But this was the third part. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was so unclear. I no, I got you. It was introduction, then part one, then part two, and this was part two of uh, the God of me is the God of protection was the blank for this week. And then we were talking about counterfeiters from Jude chapter one. Yeah. You started off with a um, illustration of a game of everybody um, having everybody look at some pictures on the screen and talk about is it real or is it cake mm-hmm. uh, based off the television show. I think that's called. Is it cake? Is it cake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, the idea came from you from our last podcast. And so I was like, we're going to do that. I remember saying that, but I couldn't remember the context of saying it. But the the point that you made off of it, I think, was good. You said cake, cake is is faith in that situation. Uh, like we thought it was one thing, but it turned out to be something else, right? And then that led us to our text for the day, which was Jude chapter one, verses four through six, mm-hmm. which you read. You read three through six, right? But four through six was really the point of the message today. Did either one of y'all, do you have that text? Yeah. Or we, I don't know if you want to read it first or. I can. Okay. Um, and just just a note, the reason I read three was for context. Yeah. We actually covered three last in the last 
sermon, but uh, verse 3 says, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling. These he kept in darkness bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. So the, the first point we had was from verse four. Yeah. Where it says, um, I don't remember exactly how it's worded, but it uses the word creep. Well, uh, the, the translation here is uses the word secretly slipped in. I gotcha. But the original language is really talking about creeping in. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, but that was our first point is counterfeiters will creep in. Right. Um, and the um, the first thing you did there was kind of go back and uh, clarify, recover what a counterfeiter, because we talked about contenders last week and then counterfeiters this week, uh, what a counterfeiter is. A counterfeiter is someone who appears real, but but they are fake. They look good, but they're not real. Yeah. Um, you can stop me whenever. The mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> And we uh, you talked about that for, for a good bit and then um, kind of leading to kind of, you know, what is the, What's their goal? What's their mission? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got a note here that says, I thought this was a good one, is the, the end game of a counterfeiter is to justify sin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because what Jude talks about there is he says that they, he kind of tells you what their point is. Their point is, is to take the grace of God and turn it into a license for immorality. And so we talked a little bit about what that means to have a license for immorality. It basically means mm-hmm. if I want to sin, it's going to be okay, and God's going to forgive me, and it's all good. We're yeah. all go- it's all going to come out in the wash kind of mindset. Yeah. The, um, from there, you worked into kind of how they do that, the four stages of how a counterfeiter works. Mm-hmm. I got each one of those. I made a note of each one. What? Uh, you yep. wrote them down? I made good notes. Um Number one, great, how they kind of progress through through that process of justifying sin is yeah. one is they take grace and become um, transition it essentially into tolerance. Grace becomes tolerance, mm-hmm. and then tolerance becomes acceptance. Acceptance becomes expectation, and then expectation becomes contentment. Yeah, and you walk through that that process or have that progression with the basic sin of jealousy mm-hmm. which i thought was a good one to pick and you you did a thorough job of explaining why you picked it um i'm trying to remember how we got to this point this is i i'm a little fuzzy right here i got my next point that i brought up was or that i've got wrote down was biblical grace means the power to forgive sin and overcome it not permission to act on it immorally yeah i guess that was in the first step, grace becomes intolerance. Is that right? Or yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, actually, that's kind of the culmination of it all. Like oh, the okay. whole, all four stages is really a progression. It is 
kind of like the proverbial frog in a boiling water, you know, kind of thing. It's turn up the heat. You don't yeah, turn yeah. up the heat and stay in it. And so it's a little bit of a, it's not a shock and all. It's, it's a gradual thing, you know. A lot of people are taking this same progression and saying this is what's happening to our country. Um, but it's nothing new inside the church. Uh, people will take uh, things from, a, from a, a tolerance stage, and that's where they use a lot of biblical references and things like that. And then once they, once they get you on the hook as far as, okay, so this guy's talking Bible, this guy, you know, he must know his stuff— well, by the time you walk through, you know, all these stages, what the Bible clearly calls sin, you can actually justify. You can take something black and white and make it so gray that, you know, you really don't know what's up or down. And so uh, so the idea is like using jealousy as a as a example to walk it through these four stages. You know, um, jealousy is just one of those where it's like, you know, if, if I walked you through those four stages and you didn't know enough about Scripture to really call, you know, throw it back at me, I could literally drop pop psychology on you and you never even know it as mm-hmm. long as I peppered Scripture in there with it and right. stuff, especially the whole God is a jealous God, so mm-hmm. he obviously understands that. And jealousy is not something that any of us in our mind ever play out as in having a consequence, mm-hmm. like having a cause and effect you know, jealousy is just kind of in our minds a, an emotion that we have in the moment, mm-hmm. and then we lose it. But we we don't realize that um, jealousy is a big sin when it comes to the Bible. The Bible calls it out straight out, yeah. directly, diametrically opposed to the work of the Spirit. It's an act of flesh, and it literally can destroy relationships. Um, and even people who don't follow Scripture and believe in God still call jealousy the green-eyed monster. So, sure. so as jealousy walk, as you walk jealousy through that, you got to realize is that it's easy to say, "Do a jealousy something I can live with?" Well, what people don't understand is, is if you can live with jealousy as yeah. like no biggie, then mm-hmm. you could also live with adultery. You could also yeah. live with, you know, like you're 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 basically now content. To sure. live with sin, and and I and I to get to your point, um, I think because what I said to the to crowd was was basically we get to a place where if we're content with sin, if we're content to live with sin, and take God's grace as a as a, an excuse to sin, okay, then we are we we're not taking into account the cause and effect that scripture teaches about the if then statements and that kind of thing. And so, so what I said there or what, what, what we were hoping would come across there when I, when it was said, biblical grace means the power to forgive sin and overcome it, not permission to act on it immorally. That was kind of one of those where I was trying to give you a line to take home with you that day, you know, because because jealousy is such a very small example of what Jude was warning us about, people who pervert the grace of God, um, they want to go out and make it okay to sin. That's yeah, that's the concept there. And that's where that, that whole biblical grace means the power to forgive and overcome sin, not act on it yeah. immorally. That reminds me, we've you know, Wednesdays we've been doing Romans and we, we ended up getting into the topic of, and these two things are so tightly connected or closely connected is, um, we, we, we got into the, um, discussion of coveting 
Mm-hmm. And um, there, you know, it it's like the 10th commandment. And it's not like the 10th commandment. It is the 10th commandment. <laughs> and it, <laughs> and, but there's like some nuance in the way that it's communicated. Um, right. But, you know, jealousy and and coveting are obviously very tightly connected. And you don't think about coveting as those like, oh, I want Joey's Coca-Cola kind of thing. You know right. what I mean? Like that. Um, and I said that, by the way, because Joey's drinking a Coke right now. But I, I, uh, and you're not. I didn't just randomly make that up off the top of my head. But the <laughs> if uh, you don't think about coveting as being like that big of a deal, like you said, like, right. like the way that people think about jealousy. But it reminded me of it, and I pulled up one of my notes here. It says, you know, coveting when all is said and done is if you think of it this way, it totally changes the way that we perceive it. And you could think of jealousy the same way is when all said and done coveting is an accusation against God. Yes. That he doesn't care enough about you to provide for you. That's it. Hmm. That he, That's that it. he only cares enough about what these other people need. That's it. Uh, coveting, coveting is your heart hmm. saying to God, you don't love me. Yeah. You don't want to provide for me. You don't you don't care for me like you do these other people. That's it. So if That's you think it. about it, coveting is in a, in a lot of ways is like a, it's a chief sin. It's like a core sin, and like you could say that same thing about jealousy. Mm. But um, yeah. Anyway, it made me think of that when you started talking about it, and you know, kind of uncovering like the layers there of like what's going on in in your heart and behind that. It's but, a deep seated thing. It really. I mean. Obviously, a sexual sin is sin against sure. your own body, and, and and people will look at that as a big, major, you know. But what that, that that's why that's why I say it's such a chief sin. It's a core sin. What leads to adultery? Mm. Yeah, you coveted someone that wasn't that God didn't give yeah. to you. You coveted physical intimacy with someone that God never entrusted to you. Yeah. So like, if you think about it that way, coveting and jealousy they lead to so many other sins. Yes. And, Absolutely, and that's why we we write those things off like co- coveting, no jealousy, pride, things like that. We write those things off as as something, but they they're actually the ones that are the most sinister because they lead to so many other things. They plant the seed that something like you know you brought up like um, what it, I mean. I know you brought up adultery. You brought up something else, debauchery or something yeah. like that. But you said, but the things that we think of as extremely sinister are the byproducts of what actually they're, is. They're the fruit of things like jealousy, jealousy. And, yeah. and coveting yeah. and things because like that. And, and I'll, I'll say this because you, you never know who's listening to this, you know, and I want to say this, that because the, the comment that was made on Sunday was, was, okay, jealousy, what jealousy really does is it takes, it takes the relationships and the things that you have in your life and makes them less than, whereas, because you believe you deserve greater than, mm-hmm. and you're looking at somebody else's life going, I deserve that. I deserve that money. I deserve that lifestyle. I deserve what, you know, you, you fill in the blank. Yeah. And that's, okay, that's fine. That's that's a very selfish, vain, conceited thing. It's obviously something that is consuming you. And, uh, and, and people do this every single time they get on social media. Okay. They really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause think about it. What drives you to social media? You're curious as to what everybody else is doing. And in a lot of ways, this is what makes it so sinister. 
it seems so innocent. I just want to know what they're doing. And the sinister thing behind it is, no, actually, you want to know if they're doing something that you would rather be doing, or they live in the life that you don't have. And, And so... So what does that say about all those that are in your life? You know, we could do this with marriage as well. So I said, I don't know who's listening to this, but there are people probably listening to this going, having thoughts at different times going, God, I wish I was married to him or I wish I was married to her. Mm -hmm. Life would be so much different if I wasn't married to who I am married to. And that whole grass is greener on the other side kind of thing. That's all, that's where all this jealousy stuff comes from. I mean, it all comes from jealousy. Mm -hmm. So hundred percent. That that's why I felt like it was such the perfect example that you picked Mm. because it, it seems like such an undertone of a sin in a way. But like I said, it's a seed planter in, in terms of what would be, what in on this earth would be could possibly produce a counterfeit mm. more than jealousy, mm. right? Yeah. The what what on earth could possibly produce a wolf in sheep's clothing more than jealousy? God. Because what? Why? Why? Are, why would someone, intentional or not, you know what I'm saying? Totally yeah. unintentionally or subconsciously, they become a wolf in a wolf in sheep's clothing, and why? Why would they do that? Because out of jealousy, out of coveting what it is that the sheep have. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like f- physically speaking, in other words, I want I want the things of God, but I don't want God. Mm. That's it. That's so, it. So, and that that comes from that's birth from jealousy and, that co- is. and coveting. That uh, is. Yeah. The other comment that was made is, I know we're hammering this point, but I think it's so good that we talk about it, is uh, some of the other end game for counterfeiters is they really want people to buy into the notion that that God, a little bit of God now and a whole lot of God after death. Like, they want that kind of life. Like, I don't want God to to overwhelm my life. I want God in my life, but I don't want a ton of God. Yep. You know, I just want, I just want, you know, I don't know if you remember the old saying, Lord, I, I don't want all of you. You know, I just want a little bit of you. In other words, like mm-hmm. I, I don't want the whole cow. I just want just a, a small cup of milk. Mm-hmm. I just want just something to keep, you know, keep me warm, something just to keep me, uh, <laughs> you know, something to keep me, you know, satisfied in the moment, but I don't want the whole cow. And so there's that notion of like, I want a little bit of God now, but I need, I'm going to need you big time later after death. And so if you'll just kind of hold off until then, then we'll be good. And I think, I think it's scary how many people are living that life right there. And they, they call themselves believers and they literally believe they're spiritually mature. Yeah. Yeah. Which that reminds me, I don't know what you guys did over Thanksgiving break, but <laughs> I read a spiritual book. Um, but <laughs> so, but I, I did have some time, and so I actually sat down and read *The Great Divorce* by C.S. Ooh. Lewis, and um, it's why, which I would encourage you know anybody to read it. It's very revelationy, mm-hmm. um, a lot of imagery, a lot of stuff like that in there. But it's wild that you're talking about this kind of stuff because. Basically, there's people who are referred to as ghosts, and then there's people who have like accepted Christ and they're taking the journey, and they're 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 called spirits. And all throughout the book, it's like these spirits coming and evangelizing to the ghosts, 
saying like, hey, like drop this, mm-hmm. like leave this. There's better things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like there's like towards the end, there's like two or three different encounters where these spirits have with 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 the ghosts, where they're they're specifically saying, and and on on one accord, he calls that one of the the spirits calls the ghost out and says, "You don't want God; you just want the things that God can give you yeah. as a means to an end." Yeah. And uh, anyways, it's just wild that we're talking about this, and I literally just read it last week. Wow, so, that's cool. Yeah. Um. But it's it's crazy. Um. Just how they're they're like, you know beckoning these these ghosts like hey like drop this drop the gray world drop the old stuff that you've been holding on to it's not getting you anything anything it's not getting you anywhere come and take the journey the journey's hard but but it gets better right um and so yeah it's that's cool yeah. you, you mean break your heart and give you some news that i just heard not just now but like the other day did you know that the eagle and child pub closed do you know what that is no eagle and child pub that's the that's the pub in England where no C.S. Lewis and wow. J.R. Tolkien used to meet the Inklings. Mm. They would meet in the back room called the Rabbit Room, and they would meet. The Inklings would meet and mm. like discuss and yeah, have something to eat, some some fish and chips. <laughs> that is crazy. They closed. The, supposedly they're going to reopen it. Um, I have a pastor friend who has a who got a picture of himself outside the the pub there or whatever. He's a big C.S. Lewis guy, but that, yeah, it closed like just recently, Mm, like just in in like the past few weeks it Mm. closed and supposedly for good, but they're, they're saying they're going to reopen it, but they're going to reopen it as something else. And I'm like, why in the world? I know. It's a historical landmark. I know. It's like, there's got to be so many people that come there just to get their picture made in front of the place that says Eagle Mm. and Child. Anyway, Mm, mm, mm. that's crazy. Um, but yeah, that so all that led to the idea of which was point number two is so essentially defining and uh, illustrating what a counterfeiter looks like, what a counterfeit looks like, and then the second point being counterfeits will be judged, and mm-hmm. that was verses five and six. Yeah. So, um, the the next point that I wrote down was you know you said you know what is Jude saying in all this mm-hmm. essentially. Don't be a fool. Like, don't believe someone who tells you it's okay to do something that the Bible clearly says is not, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 like don't don't believe anyone who tells you that sin is normal and that mm-hmm. it is okay and that mm-hmm. it's natural. And I think I think where that gets mistaken is when you start talking about, you know, the fact that I am redeemed i am a new creature in christ however i still have a sinful nature yeah i still struggle with sin i still have to deal with sin and i think a lot of times people will teach that you know because like if even parenting i think that's where it really gets watered down it's hard to parent biblically yeah like because you have to take hard stances like you almost Mm -hmm. have to forget your child's feelings and teach them truth of scripture, no matter how much it hurts them, you know, and the fear, like I've always, that I've always had this one fear with my kids. And that is, I did not want them to turn into legalists. Like I did not want them, you know, to beat themselves up for their failures. I've always wanted them to, to be able to feel like that, you know, when I fail, um, I repent and I, you know, 
I knock the dust off my shoes and I keep moving. I keep growing and I learn from that. And I, you know, and, and I get up and like Jesus looks at the woman and says, go and sin no more. I kind of want them to have that kind of attitude, even yeah. though they know they are going to sin. Right. Because first John tells us he says he has no sin as a liar and the truth is not in him. So yeah, sin is real. Sin is something we have to deal with, but it's not something we have to accept. Yeah. It's not something we have to live with. And that was and I think that's the thing. And here's my point, and I'm gonna ask y'all this question. Do y'all feel like the church has gotten away from confessing sin and repenting of it and if and if you believe so then what do you think caused that yep yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> moving on yeah. <laughs> um yeah that well and that was actually what i was going to bring up because you said like your next point was repenting of sin in your life will result result in an outcome a lot different than if you just live with that sin but i 100 percent agree with that statement like mm. the, the church has become um handicapped in that regard mm. um and i think a lot of it is just you know frog in a boiling pot mm. slow fade slow fade kind of thing mm-hmm. of, this is where we were and then we woke up and i think that that is um e- let's see i want to word it correctly can I think about it for a moment? Yeah, yeah, y'all yeah. have something to add? You were, you were, you were talking. You were about to say something. Do um, you remember? Yeah. <laughs> State the question one more time to make sure. Okay. Do y'all feel like the church has gotten away from confessing sin and repenting of it? Um, and if so, why? What caused us to go that way? Okay. So I would agree. I think we have. Um, I think the church as a whole has and I think a lot of that comes from I, trying to say it carefully. Like I think a lot of that comes from like kind of like what we were just talking about. Like people want a little bit of God. Yeah. And not the whole thing. And so they want enough to like have the look. Like almost wear it as a mask. Mm-hmm. But deep down, like if somebody and I, this is how the long way around how I think we've gotten here. Deep down, when somebody confesses sin, they expect grace and mercy from Christians or people who say mm-hmm. they confess Christ, but they may get something different. Mm-hmm. And over a long fade, we've gotten away from people confessing sin to one another or whatever just because of that right there. Mm. So I would say, yes, it's true as a whole for the capital C church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say it is grossly true for the church in the Bible built. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I believe that that's the case because people have, uh, well, two reasons, well, several reasons, but the two that come to mind the quickest one is because we, um, we've just become enamored with feel goodism. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that, but most importantly and more importantly that we have become numb, numb, to our own sinfulness. Yes. Mm. And we don't we don't recognize things. We don't recognize sin as sin. And so therefore there's nothing to repent of. And so and what we do to rinse away any little bit of conviction that may be there is to just tidal wave it with feel goodism. Mm. To rinse away any any little bit of conviction that might be there. Mm. And uh, and 
just the inkling smidgen of conviction, we just wash it away with that. But right. I, but I do think it's because we we don't recognize our sin. We don't recognize the sinfulness of man. Period. And then even, and it's gone so far in the Bible Belt because we all have the. Um, it's uh, totally still in this from like Tim Keller. He says, you know, in the capital C church, but, and this is so true in the Bible Belt, is that we become inoculated with Jesus. Like we've got yeah. our Jesus shot. Yeah. Like, uh, well, yeah, my granddaddy, my grandmother, whatever. You know, we, we were, we're born in the church. We know, you know, we know about the church. We know church. Like you, you can walk, you can walk into Walmart and Summiton or Gardendale or wherever in our general area and, person to person you could walk one to the next to the next to the next mm. and and if you run in however many people that you run into um, the vast majority of them are probably casual church attenders uh, you would have some that don't attend church at all but could sit there and talk church with you all day long sure I agree with that yeah. they could talk circles about church with yeah. you because they've been absolutely inoculated with it from the time that they were born. Mm. And so for that reason, it's very difficult for us to recognize sin. Yeah. And so if we don't recognize it and we don't see it as such. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, you know, the way I've heard one pastor put it before is it's like, if it, we, we don't really sin the way that we see it, we mm. make mistakes. Mm. And if we make mistakes, then we're, we're a mistaker that just needs to try harder. That's it. But if we recognize it as sin, then we are a sinner in need of a savior. Mm. So yeah, that's all right. That that was my that was my two minute pause answer. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I think there are two sides to that as well. I think because you're you're kind of talking about the. You know, you got to see it as sin, but long if you're ever going to confess it, you're not going to confess something you don't see. Yeah. Like it's not. But I think the beginning of that is recognizing your sinfulness in general. In general, that's like, right. That yeah. you are a sinful person. That you yes. have a deceitful heart. Exactly. And that's like you have to recognize those two things about mankind in general. Yes. And then transfer that over onto yourself. Yes. But I, I, what I have run into a lot down here in the South is people who are not, they, they don't have a problem confessing sin. They really don't. They'll be like, oh, yeah, man, I, I mess up all the time, all the time. And, 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 and somehow we, we kind of create a good old boy club with that. You know, it's like, oh, you struggle with that too? Yeah, me too. And so we get into this, you know, yeah, we struggle with it, we struggle with it. But just because we all struggle with it doesn't still make it okay. Right. Do you but see what I'm saying? No, yeah. We and, make it okay because basically we put the onus on, well, only by the grace of God, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So Yeah. And, and and I guess what I was trying to get at Sunday was 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 on the repentance side of things. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like people are okay calling out sin in their life, but that's as far as they go with it. Like mm -hmm. I I do a thing in our Project 28 where we talk about salvation and we talk about repentance mm -hmm. and what that truly is. I wanted to read something to y'all. This is uh, this is from a, a guy by the name of Ray B. Zach. And here's, I love how he said it. What? Say that name again? Ray B. Zach. Ray, middle initial B? B. Okay. Zach. Because <laughs> it sounds Sorry. like you're saying rabies. Rabies. <laughs> Mr. Rabies. Oh, Zach here. got rabies and now that he's boy got rabies. <laughs> I like. 
sorry. You're we trying are to make in Alabama, a, so you're here trying we to go. make a good point. Yeah, yeah, very serious, by the way. <laughs> Not bad. All right. So <laughs> repentance, here's what he said. He said, repentance is included in believing. He said, faith and repentance are like two sides of a coin. Genuine faith includes repentance, and genuine repentance includes faith. Yeah. He says, the Greek word for repentance is metanoia. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I didn't say it Japanese. I, could have, <laughs> you, I, could. You, I was you, close. You, you straddled that fence, boy. <laughs> <laughs> For all you listeners that don't know, I, when I speak Greek, I go into a Japanese. I turn into a Japanese. He turns into Mr. Miyagi. I, I am Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> I kind of see myself as a samurai, but anyway, okay. So the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, and uh, it means to change one's mind. Mm-hmm. But to change one's mind about what? About sin. Yeah. About one's adequacy, inadequacy to save himself. About Christ as the only way of salvation and the only one who can make a person righteous. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that's one thing that is not happening uh, in the church, we're we're. I think many people are okay calling out sin in their life. They know it's wrong, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's they won't change their mind about it. Yeah, it was. you see what I'm saying. Like I'll ask God to forgive me, but I know deep down in my heart I'm gonna do it again. Yeah, it was well, from, that's not repentance. Yes, yeah, from the mouth of Jesus, go and sin no more. Right, that's it. Yeah, and that's yeah. the part we can't follow through on. We Mm-mm. just can't do it. Yeah. That's what, and I, I that kind of leads to. With the point that you made towards the end of where you quoted Adrian Rogers, you know, one of these days the dam of God's mercy will give way to his justice. And That's it. had the illustration show the the video clip of the dam, you know. Mm-hmm, the water. Yeah, water rushing through the dam. And anyway. I didn't write it down, but you um you wrote or you you read a passage from Philippians two. Yeah. Um yeah. and then finished up with the story of uh Ignatius where, well, actually, you didn't finish with the story of Ignatius, but you told the story of Ignatius and being him being in the in the Colosseum, about to be torn apart by lions mm-hmm. or going to be torn apart by lions or whatever. And he has the quote of saying, you know, now's where I begin to be a disciple, essentially. Right. So right. Um, just kind of pulling things back to the center of the table in terms mm-hmm. of the seriousness behind what we're talking about here. So, yeah, what led to that was. Because I asked the question, I said, how can you know what a counterfeit, how can you know a counterfeit if you don't know what the The real real thing thing looks like? Yeah. And that's kind of like, okay, let's take a second and let's see what the real thing looks like. And then where you actually finished was with the Spurgeon quote, which was, every Christian is a missionary or an imposter. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was good. Since it was Spurgeon, I thought it was good. (laughs) (laughs) As long as it says Spurgeon, you can say anything. (laughs) Which, by the way, I got. If if that said Joyce Meyer, (laughs) yeah, I know. It's like, well, it's over. That's Uh, off the rails. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Uh, but isn't that funny though? Yeah, how people are pre-programmed to be like, well, if Spurgeon said it, if Luther said it, then it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Which, which, I mean, I generally do feel that way, but I'm just, I just think it's funny, and I, I, I've. I found myself in a rabbit hole the other night because uh, I was looking for the perfect gift to bring to our staff Christmas party, you know. And sometimes, mm. sometimes you know, you never know. Those gifts are like, sometimes they're good. They like, are. They're solid. Yeah. I actually ended up set, settling on a more serious, like, practical gift Okay, that I think either one of you would enjoy. But, um, you know, sometimes, like a few years ago, I brought a funny T-shirt that was like, 
don't know if y'all remember this. It was a portrait of Martin Luther, and it just said nailed it. <laughs> y'all remember that? I do. I do remember that. <laughs> so I got to looking at I, I got to looking at <laughs> shirts that had <laughs> Spurgeon on them. <laughs> And it would it was that quotes was awesome. about he had some funny interesting quotes about growing a beard and stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. But uh, uh it. but then there would be like one that was like you know it, it it would be you know um there was you know people make like crazy quotes and then they'll attribute them to historical historical characters. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you know somebody has like a shirt that says. You know, my life is something about playing video games and, you know, drinking Red Bull, and it'll be like Dash Abraham Lincoln or something like that. <laughs> it's so and dumb. they made T-shirts like that with yeah. Charles Spurgeon on them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's like, good. that's too far, though. That's, <laughs> that's <good>. too far. <laughs> yeah, anyway. you can't mess with the icon. Anyway. But I, but I would say, just to put a bow on it, yeah. is what does, what does the original look like? Well, the, I think. I think what's important is for people to know that what the Bible talks about. Because when I told the story of Ignatius and mm-hmm. and how he died and everything, it's easy to go, oh, okay, so what you're saying is is if if it's true and it's real, then you would die for your faith. Right. And that's really, that is true, but not to the extent of actual physical death, that what the Bible really talks about is dying to self. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's that's the whole thing. It's like... No, you don't have to go die a physical death to prove your loyalty to Christ. He already died for you. Yeah. He's already tasted death, so you don't have to. But ultimately, what this is about is this is about would you die to yourself? Would you would you allow yourself to be crucified so it is no longer you living, but it is Christ living in you, which mm. is the perfect, perfect. I had no idea you were singing that song again which is, by the way, a perfect segue into worship. Yep, it is. Because Matt said before we started, he was like, can we please just not go an hour today? And good news is we've only went 58 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> Let's go. Get it in. Let's go. It's on you, bro. Um, on you. Yeah, so we we started out with a song called Great Things by Phil Wickham we haven't done in a while, just talking about you know praising God for all the things he's done. And then we moved into really both of those second and third songs are about um, – the, the, the second one, uh, back to life, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, for I was dead in sin, um, but now my heart's set free. Um, anyways, and then, um, and that, that whole Galatians 2, 20, um, scriptures for that from, and then we ended with resurrecting, um, the resurrected king has resurrected me, um, and then the song after the message was honestly one of my favorites. It's it's just come to be one of my favorites is the uh, that song yet not I but through Christ in me. So yeah. like all in that same vein and in that same theme of not us Christ in us. Yeah. So yeah. So good. Yep. So uh, next few weeks, uh, real quick, we've got a kids Christmas play coming up mm-hmm. on December. 18th is that the day is that right yes yes yep. so december 18th we'll have one service at 10 a.m and then mm-hmm. the following week on christmas day we have one service at 10 a.m so That's two it. weeks back to back three weeks back to back new no i don't think so new year's eve or new year's day i can't remember was that right 
I think it, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, we right. did. That you're right. Yeah. So it's three weeks back to back. So yeah. it's New Year's Day as well. So mm. so we got one service at 10 a.m., 18th, 25th, and 1st. Yeah. So 18th will be our Christmas, children's Christmas play. That's right. Make sure you come out and check that out. Uh, on Christmas Day, um, we're doing a candlelight service and we're doing communion. communion yep. Uh, a, we actually just finished communion this past um, couple of weeks ago, but we're going to do it again for Christmas. Yep. Um, and then then New Year's Day. So that's right. Yeah. And then, uh, but we've been off the last uh, two Wednesday nights. Is that right? Or just one? Are we off two Wednesday nights? Yeah, two. Yeah. Well. Thanksgiving no, we had, dinner. We had the church Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. yeah. And then we had Thanksgiving week we were off. So right. that's yeah. so everything's back to normal. To normal mm-hmm. this Wednesday night. So please come out, join us, participate, fellowship. Excellent. Anything else? It's all good, man. All right. Next time, guys. Sandy Grevy. Mm-hmm.